Hello, Assalamu alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And a lot of things are going on as you know right now. Pakistan is a theater and there's a lot of overacting, underacting, bad acting um going on. There's a lot of conspiracies going on. There's a lot of suspense, thriller and drama, very cheap suspense, thriller and drama because everything is already very predictable. You can already see how it started, you know why it started, we can see the source of it, and it's very badly written, in other words. You can just see through the whole storyline. You don't even need to look any further. But, so let's just see what kind of little twists and turns they are trying and miserably failing at. Um, number one, uh, you must have heard about the recent interview of um, Imran Khan with Reuters, in which he had mentioned his analysis of a conspiracy that he uh, that the whole charade um, of the illegal government and the army to um, try civilians in military courts for which uh, the Australian government is showing concern. But I would love it if they would actually do more than show concern right now. They need to expedite whatever plans they're having in order to sanction these people concerned. Because um, according to Imran Khan, again, it's not just according to him, because I think this is not just his analysis. If you remember, I have mentioned it myself in my previous episodes. Other journalists have been hinting at it. One or two have actually openly mentioned it as well, because it is so darned obvious. I mean, seriously, it's literally, literally a copy. It's like a literal copy, a play-by-play of what happened with Bhutto. They couldn't get Bhutto, so they tried to use one of his ministers as a state witness. And that minister was actually the person, the actual perpetrator, the person behind the whole crime. But they said, okay, you know what, just put it all on Bhutto and, you know, he will let you go, you know, we'll let you go for being state witness. And that is exactly what happened, Bhutto and, you know, the other officers, executive officers, were basically murdered in trial. I always call that a legal assassination. That's when you use the judiciary to assassinate your political rival. And again, this was done by the army. So, you know, when the army keeps on harping about how Imran Khan is responsible for the public resentment towards the army, the army really needs to uh, look carefully within itself, okay? The army needs to really look carefully within itself because the army has been committing treason from day one. And my main problem with the army is that it has been committing treason from day one. How many times should I remind you of how you were involved with uh, Fatma Jinnah's murder, her assassination, and even though she won the elections and you just wanted to take power, so you just decided to call her a founder, the, the actual founder of Pakistan became a traitor seriously you people hijacked our country from day one from day one you were those pawns you were those fifth columnists you were those traitors those turncoats that were planted by the british before they left because pakistan was just a buffer state pakistan was never meant to be an independent sovereign state it was always meant to be a buffer state that was under the autonomy of indian federal governance and the in, and that is the whole problem here uh, that the so when the army keeps on harping about how the public resents it yeah the public has resented you for decades because every single time you people step in you go 
uh, above your status, above your level. You should know your place. Your place is our security. You're our bodyguards. How many times do I have to repeat that? Seriously. You are our nation's bodyguards. You are our security. You are here to serve us, the state. Again, let me remind you, who is the state? The public is the state. The establishment is not the state. Although I know that they just love to do that in almost all countries all over the world, the establishments, the deep states, they always seem to think that, okay, so, you know, they have inherited the land from their mothers and fathers. Their mothers brought that land in, in their dowry, you know, so they've inherited that land and now they, you know, they own the whole country and so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, well, you know, narcissist much. You are just our servants. You are part of a system that was created by the people. You need to understand that. Banks, government institutions, um, organizations, security organizations, law enforcement organizations, intelligence agencies, these were all created in order to help people maintain a machinery maintain their society and that is what we call a system the system was created by people in order to have a well-oiled society where you can take care of all the necessary things needed and so you appoint servants civil servants to do their jobs so the society is a house your country is the house the public are the owners of that house and from amongst them they choose servants okay they hire servants those servants have their different jobs you have the bodyguards you have the uh, housekeeper you have the valet you have the driver you have the the um, the person the chef you have uh, the assistants uh, to the chef you have the um, groundskeeper, you know, you have the gardener. The, these, these are all the people that you have. These are all people that you hire in order to help maintain that house. Why is it so difficult for you people to understand that? You forgot your place. You needed to be reminded of your place. Zial Haq forgot his place. Yahaya forgot his place. Ayub forgot his place. You all, Bajwa just recently forgot his place. That is why the public is pissed off. You know, as I said, Imran Khan made a lot of mistakes which pissed the public off as well. And one of the biggest mistakes that he made was, apart from not dissolving the assembly as soon as he became prime minister, by the way, was to give an extension to Bajwa. I mean, he went against his own core belief by giving that man an extension, which is why I just for the life of me don't get why the frack did Imran Khan give Bajwa an extension. The man was retired. Let him go. You know, I mean, Bajwa was a person that everybody knew belonged to Nawaz Sharif. Come on. You know, how many times do I have to remind you, every single government that came into power in Pakistan always put their men in important strategic positions so that even when they are not in power, they can still control people, they can still control organizations, which is why Maryam Nawaz, even though she has no legal standing, no political standing, no status in any way, has been giving orders in the and so openly, not even in the shadows, she's been openly bragging about how she has been giving orders for illegal surveillance, wiretapping, video and audio leakages, uh, everything illegal and she's been openly bragging about it for like three years and the court the court that suddenly just woke up to the fact that this is illegal is now asking for the source seriously grow some balls yeah the court needs to grow some balls and they need to name mariam nawaz they need to just name her out 
okay? They need to call her out by name openly in front of the whole world and say, you have been bragging about being behind all of this for three years in all of your uh, conferences, your press conferences, as well as your very miserable jalsas and rallies that you've been doing that could not attract more than 1,000 to 2,000 people. And those were all your own hired people or people who came looking for free biryanis. So, you know, why don't you just come and explain to us why you've been doing this, which is illegal, and why, in what capacity have you been using the intelligence agencies? You know? And why have you been using the army? And in what capacity did you order the intelligence agencies to murder uh, Arshad Sharif, the journalist in Kenya? And in what ba on what basis did the intelligence agency actually listen to you? The intelligence agency also needs to give an answer. The intelligence agencies are not above the law. They're not above the state. They're not the state. They again are one of those servants of the state. They're there to serve, to make sure that the state is protected. And again, who's the state? We the people. We are the state. We are the ones paying you. Okay? We're the ones paying you. And if you're not going to do your jobs, and if you're just going to steal money from us, and if you're just going to do haram kikamai, then you might as well be declared obsolete. Because see, that's another thing about system. When we create a system, we create functioning institutions and organizations so that the system can work like a well-oiled machine. But if there, if we see that any institution or organization does not work or goes rogue or does not deliver, then that, that part of the system needs to be eradicated. It needs to be understood that it is rendered obsolete and it needs to be eradicated, eliminated, and a new alternative needs to be found. For example, if you've realized that bankings don't really work, then maybe we should look for a better alternative because even as per Islamic law, rebanking, our banks are not uh, following the Islamic law, which is very particular uh, regarding interests, regarding profits, regarding losses, regarding investments. I mean, you have a whole, uh, a whole um, chapter on banking laws in Sharia. Why don't you just follow that? If you can't, then it means that this system just doesn't work. Our banking system doesn't work, which is something I have talked about in my previous episodes a lot regarding rotted uh, foundations and regarding building new systems and regarding understanding that the evolution of a society is always based on understanding when something in a system does not function anymore or does not work the way it should or it's obsolete. In which case it needs to be changed, it needs to be removed, it needs to be eradicated, it needs to be reformed, it needs to be revamped. And the establishment and the army have gone too far this time. They have gone too far in their open treason. I mean, this is called open treason, where you're blatantly disregarding the public of the state, saying that you can handle them. We are not here to be handled by you. We are the ones who are going to have to handle you to put you back in your proper place. Because you need to understand this, that if you do not work for us, then you do not need to exist anymore. You have pushed your luck too far. You have gone too far. You have crossed the red line. Actually, the ones who have crossed the red line are you. It always has been you. It always will be you. In the past, in the present, in the future, it's always the establishment and it's always the army that has crossed the red line. And you need to be honest enough 
to realize and admit it and acknowledge it because now you've gone so far that you cannot turn back and you know you cannot turn back there's nothing to fall upon now you thought you could fall upon what bilawal or you could fall upon maryam they're both miserably i mean i'm sorry to say but they're just they're just worse than their old farts you know they are so pathetic and they are so miserably declared failures they're such failed specimens really that you you even have realized that they are not worth falling back on and you actually started this whole treason against the state on their backs and now you have nowhere to to fall and there's only one way there's only one way you can turn things around and that is by getting the elections done without minusing anybody you cannot minus pti which is the biggest party in this country like it or not believe it or not it is why because the public is part of pti if you're minusing pti you're minusing the public if you're minusing the public there is nobody the public is the state you're minusing the public you're minusing the state again this is treason you need to go and serve the masters who you think are your masters if you think that those sending you dollars are your masters you need to go serve them properly and openly um you cannot uh you know you cannot do namak uh, you know haram khori and you cannot do uh, namak harami you know uh the the house the, the hands that feed you you're cutting off the hands right so you cannot cut off the hands that feed you right now that's exactly what you've been doing for almost 6 decades or more in fact so you know what why don't you just go to your real masters we don't need you you're most welcome to leave why are you disturbing us this is our house this is our land this is our country why should we leave you need to leave anybody in the army who has a problem with pakistan needs to leave anybody in the establishment who has a problem with pakistan you need to leave you are not even capable of making your own countries you are such useless pathetic pussies you cannot even make your own country which is why all you can do is hijack a country that was made by somebody else and that person had every right to make the country according to his dreams and according to his philosophies and according to his ideals and those who agreed with his philosophies and his ideals were the ones who followed him here where did you people come from you were planted here you were planted here right from the start to to uh, to basically to do mischief so you need to leave if there's anybody who needs to leave from this country it's not imran khan it's not pti it's you people you in the army that faction that that faction that wants to minus the state from the elections you need to leave similarly the faction of the establishment that is dealing with traitors and want to minus the state you need to leave similarly the fifth columnists the murderers and rapists the pimps and prostitutes who are right now sitting atop of us they need to leave this is not their country all their wealth they've stolen everything from pakistan and they've brought their they've taken all their wealth abroad they are going to set fire to pakistan and leave this is why they came this is something that i have been saying for the past 3 years as well that they will come they will come with a vengeance they will come with full us backing with a lot of us dollars and they will burn the place down so yeah all those people who kept on thinking that oh pakistan is you know different pa- to be very honest um, every single year since the first uh, year i landed in this godforsaken country this hellhole 
almost 30 years ago. Since then, I've seen that every year Pakistan has only regressed and never progressed. So if anybody has been under this illusion, this misconception that Pakistan was progressing, I'm sorry, where do you live, really? No wonder your country's in this state. I mean, seriously, how stupid can you people be, you know? How irresponsible can you people be not to know where your country's going and which direction it's going? Actually, you knew. You never cared. That's the whole point. The public of Pakistan also was asleep. The generation of my parents, those who claimed to have been part of revolutions to bring back democracy, I'm sorry, but the truth is they're the ones that corrupted our country to this condition. Every single person sitting on top of us belongs to our parents' generation. Washarif, Zardari, Shabash Sharif, people in the establishment, people in the army, people in all the other government organizations, in, in universities, in academics, everywhere, all those people, all those old farts, you know, who are just not going away. They're not dying. They're not going away. They're not retiring. They're just sticking to everything like glue because they're so greedy and they're so corrupt and they're so dishonest and they're so disloyal. Even now, the people who are leaving Imran Khan, notice it, the people who are leaving Imran Khan, none of them were the youth that fought with him for 20 years. None of them, okay? All those people who were part of the ministership or whatever, who, who ticket holders or whatever they call themselves, all those people who are leaving, notice that they belong to that same generation, the disloyal, unfaithful generation, the generation that caused Pakistan to reach to the mess that it is in today. And they actually had the gall to once again come and climb on top of us. No wonder his government failed. See, that was our main problem. It was the youth. The youth of Pakistan brought Imran Khan to where he was. They fought with him every step of the way. They stood by him every step of the way. And then when he needed... Uh, you know, suddenly he needed veteran politicians at the advice of God knows who. And all the youth were removed and all the old farts, the same old farts that we've been fighting against to take control, those same old farts, those so-called veteran politicians, those lotas, those turncoats, they just came barging in and they got the tickets and now they're the first ones to go. Notice that the people who are not leaving Imran Khan are the very young people or the very old people, okay? And that will tell you a lot. If that does not provide enough proof of what I'm trying to say, then I think nothing will. I mean, the, the percentage of people leaving the party, look at their age group, look at which generation they belong to, and then look at the percentage of people that are sticking with him even today. It tells you all. The proof is in the pudding, right? So... Yeah, so coming back to uh, the uh, analysis, which I'm saying is it was so damned obvious about Bhutto. So Imran Khan actually told Reuters about the, you know, the, the conspiracy, the hatching of this conspiracy, where they would now want to look for his information minister, most probably. I don't know if he mentioned this, but the other people have mentioned that he's information minister. Mohit Pirzada mentioned it, that his uh, information minister is a very likely the one who they've picked up to be the state witness in which he will create this whole story that Imran Khan was behind the whole uh, drama of uh, 9th May. Yeah, well, you know what? The re you know why we call 9th May 9-11 of Pakistan? Because just like 9-11, 9th May was a conspiracy by the establishment, by the military, by the government itself. Just to create 
a stage just to create a stage an excuse to run rampant like zombies like infested rotting zombies so that they can go around killing everybody that's exactly what they're doing now they've made 9 may an excuse to go after the public to go after women to go after old men yeah well this is you know what pakistan should not be called pakistan anymore you should change the name and officially declare it chodustan because when you have pimps and prostitutes in the government and when you have then then the land becomes basically a kanjar khana and in that kanjar khana you have only kanjars and when the kanjars play their performance then you have tamashbeen and that is exactly what pakistan is pakistan is a kanjar khana with kanjars and tamashbeen and you have got a stage set and this is chodustan welcome to chodustan where you have chodus running around kidnapping women girls and men and boys from their homes in the middle of the night and then telling the women after they strip them naked and after they prod them and after they perform illegal search because those women are not actually even arrested legally technically they're not even arrested they're just supposed to be detained for 24 hours until a case or a charge is made against them and what are these policemen saying to these girls to these young women when they do all this stuff when they're sexually harassing them is that this is a direct order of maryam nawaz who is a woman herself so what kind of a woman there's only one kind of a woman who does such things to other women and that is a prostitute that has become a madam so maryam and her in her family's prostitution selling yourselves to princes and ministers you know just just so that you could be part of the band of the elite yeah that that is probably something that you most welcome you do you right you do you and then later on you become this global brothels madam again you do you rana sana allows your pimp again enjoy do whatever you want to but don't try to bring that brothel here into our country don't try to bring your prostitution into our country don't kidnap girls and women and think that you can sexually harass them and subdue them um which which era do you belong to seriously i've asked this before which era do you belong to do you even know you're messing with the wrong class of people here you're messing with the wrong class these are not nouveau riche like you people you know these are not people that rose from the gutters and the slums the people that you are fingering right now are the real elites old money and educated middle class okay and these are classes that you don't mess with because these are the classes that once they rise throughout history it has always been these people that have led revolutions and changed entire countries you need to understand that behind the public behind the whole public's rage and revolution the strategies the plannings the shadow planners they are always people from this class from the middle class and from the old money and you have touched both these classes you messed with the wrong people because again which era are you from oh you think you're going to rape people or you're going to just uh, even if you don't rape them you're going to sexually harass them and you're going to say oh we've subdued the women yeah you know you're not going to subdue them you know what kind of women we are we are those kind of women where as soon as we get the chance we're going to cut off your dick cut off your balls feed them to you and then we're going to cut your flesh up boil you and feed you to the dogs 
Better yet, if women like us come into power, even if we don't come into power, remember the real power always belongs to a woman in any society. Even in the old chauvinistic dark ages societies of Europe, there was always a woman behind the man in the shadows. So imagine what women will do now to you. First of all, I think you've forgotten that it is, the wom- it is a woman who gives birth to you, which means that God has given her divine power over life and death. If she chooses to, men will be eradicated in the future. And even if they do want to give birth to those forsaken species, they'll probably will end up neutering them. Whenever people tell me that, you know, I need to go into the government or I need to enter into politics, I tell them one thing, pray that that day never comes. Because if I enter into any such organization of the government that enables me to pass laws, I could become that person who would pass a law to neuter every single male until they learn to use their brains instead of their dicks. You know, I could be one of those who could even pass a law to eliminate males for a while just to reduce their population, to teach them their place in society. Believe me, women are like that. They can be like that. They can be extremely dangerous. Don't mess with women, especially modern women, educated women who actually know about their rights in Islam. Don't mess with them because when they start messing with you, you, when you mess with women, you just mess with women. But when women start messing with you, they mess with your whole society. You need to remember that. Your whole society can be thrown to the pits by women and your whole society can be brought up to become a golden sparrow by women. Because they have the God-given power that men do not have. Men had to underhandedly snatch this power. This power that men have that they control in the world I'm sorry to just burst your bubble here, but this is unnatural. It's abnormal. Men originally were never supposed to have this power. They never did really have this power. They shared this power equally with women or women had this power. If you look throughout ancient cultures and history. So yeah, men had to underhandedly take this power, which is why they can still never get used to it. And which is why they have still proved themselves to be inept in every way. So, coming back uh, from this digression, which was not really a digression, but anyway, um, another thing that has happened here is that the public is extremely angry. The public is extremely angry, and I think what has made the public even more angry is I think they have now begun to understand the thing that which I've been saying for a long time, the public should have flooded the streets and paralyzed this country the day Imran Khan was ousted. But Imran Khan feared violence and he stopped everybody. He said, he kept on saying, wait for my call, wait for my call. Well, that is what spoiled everything, in my opinion. Because as I said, throughout history, you would realize that if the public had stormed out, if we had paralyzed the state, if we had paralyzed the country, if we had shut down the country, if Imran Khan had not stopped us, then this government would not have reached this far. The army would not have reached this far. The establishment, they would have peed their pants right on the spot. They would have frozen. They wouldn't have dared to uh, play out any of their plans because they would have realized what's what. What we did by backing off at the behest of Imran Khan was giving them 
all this time that they needed to play out their plans. So they came here to destroy this country, very, very frankly. They only came here with just one agenda, destroy the country, default the country, make it a failed state, and that's it. And then they'll go back. They'll go back to wherever it is that they crawled out from. You need to understand that. Um, again, you know, the army and the establishment are acting as if, you know, uh, some people are actually uh, analyzing or theorizing that, you know, the establishment and the army have been played by PDM. And I'm like, there's listen, first of all, I find it very hard to believe that the establishment and the army can be played by PDM. I do not believe that, as I've said that before, because we have only two options here then. So you're saying either they are so stupid that they cannot see that they're being played, which is very dangerous. Better to have an intelligent uh, enemy than a stupid friend, as we all know. So very, very dangerous for our country to have a very, very stupid establishment and army that they don't even know that they're being played, right? Now, the other option is that they are not being played, but they're actually among the players, which to me makes more sense. And in that case, actually, that means that they are traitors. And again, it goes back to what I'm saying is that if the institution fails its job, if it fails to do what it's required to do, what it was built to do, it needs to be disassembled, it needs to be demolished, and it needs to be revamped. Okay, there is no other way to deal with it. Fact. Um, now, um, a very funny thing, in the midst of all this, there was this really funny thing where um, now Maryam Nawaz and Nawaz Sharif are now going around saying, and they're talking about this this really young boy in England, Shayan Ali, who has become very popular amongst the Pakistanis, both in Pakistan and overseas Pakistanis, is because this is the really sweet, adorable little thing. I'll call him sweet and adorable because seriously, look at my age, look at his age. He's this young, I think he's a teenager. He definitely looks like a teenager. Um, Shayan Ali is this young student who has been raising his voice against whatever is going on in Pakistan, although he lives in England. So he's a British Pakistani. And he has amassed um, a lot of following um, because he's bold, he's hilarious, he's funny, he's humorous. And he even, um, just yesterday or two days ago, um, he uh, even, uh, you know, uh, sent the petition to the British government, um, you know, in which they, in the petition, basically, they're saying that we need to save the state of Pakistan, and we need to save the constitution of Pakistan, and all those who are violating it, they need to be punished or sanctioned, in other words, in my words, okay? Now, um, if you remember, when Maryam Nawaz always gives her speeches, according to her, Imran Khan is scared and he's going to run away. Then there was a time when Nawaz Sharif and all used to say Zardari was scared of them. And then there was a time when they said that Musharraf is scared of them. So, I mean, tell me one thing. The whole world is scared of Nawaz Sharif. Is that why Nawaz Sharif is hiding in England? No, seriously. Is that why he's hiding? Because Shayan Ali is scared of him and Mushraf was scared of him and Zirdari was scared of him and Imran Khan is scared of him. So that's why Nawaz Sharif just ran away and hid in the UK. Right? I mean, I mean, is that what we're trying to understand here? So the whole world is scared of Nawaz Sharif, which is why Nawaz Sharif just decided to run and hide in the UK. Right? I mean, seriously, you are scared of this boy. You are scared of a young kid 
that shows how pathetic you are that shows how useless you are and that shows how much hatred there is and how much resentment there is against you and that shows how the whole world sees you okay the whole world sees you as a pathetic old fart a thief an inept corrupt a hole who could never do anything right in his life he couldn't even play cricket for crying out loud every single thing that he got in his life was through a shortcut a shortcut or it was just you know handed over to him he just gifted to him just like that so this is the true reality of nawaz sharif okay and his family his sons and his daughter none of them are even worthy of being talked about none of them are even worthy or capable of doing any they're all completely inept and they're all completely useless yes and my neighbors have decided that now it's time for them to make some noise <sighs> and i'm darned if i'm going to have to do this recording all over again anyway so yeah i i really do realize the i i think at this point that people need to realize that the that there now there is no turning back okay for the army the establishment the government there is no turning back there is only one way that they can at least make the public reconsider terminating them or rendering them obsolete and that is that they get the elections done and they do not interfere with the elections they do not rig the elections and that pti is brought back completely there's nothing no party should be minused because as we have seen maryam nawaz is rejected bitterly rejected she tried i mean that is one of the other things it is so typically pakistani so typically desi of pdm that they would always talk against imran khan and then they would go and copy him they they made fun of him when he did those rallies but they were actually very jealous because in the history of pakistan never has a crowd been amassed at the call of a single man i think the last man ever to have done that was jinnah and apart from him nobody else could have ever filled up minar e pakistan minar e pakistan is one of the largest lands ever and people cannot even fill half of it and imran khan every single time would fill up in minar e pakistan with the public of pakistan every single time he called for a rally or a or a speech or a jalsa or anything and so they actually were so envious of him and they used to talk about him make fun of him and then at the end they copied him suddenly they wanted to do those kind of rallies they wanted to do those kind of jalsas and seriously they could not even get 1% of the number of people and even though they always made sure that the press would angle their cameras in such a way where they should sh- show that they're for example they would take a small street pack a f- lot of people into that really tiny street and then tell the camera the press to angle their camera in such a way to show that oh look it's jam packed with people and that was just one tiny very very tiny alley with like 100 or 200 or 300 people packed in right with imran khan's rallies it was so hard to give full coverage to the people that we actually had drones over those rallies over those jalsas drones in order to cover the vast area of minar e pakistan to see how filled up it was with people right and so maryam nawaz tries to copy imran khan by going to minar e pakistan and she failed miserably um not a lot of people were there even though obviously our press would show you that oh look there was a lot of people but seriously 
not a lot of people just a, a, a few thousand at the most just a few thousand i think less even than that and even worse when she went to bagh bagh is in kashmir now first of all why the heck would she even think of going there kashmir loads PMLN they loathe Nawaz Sharif okay both occupied Kashmir and Pakistan's Kashmir occupied Kashmir detests Nawaz Sharif and his party okay they just detest him like poison okay and so you can imagine what our side of the Kashmir thinks of them she went to Bagh and literally had only 1000 people and those were again hired people or people of their own PDM the coalition parties you know they just put their members in there that somebody should show up and then they started making excuses oh it was raining and all listen have you ever seen imran khan's jalsas during rain it's jam packed okay today it rained it even hailed okay in lahore and yesterday it hailed in murri and in other northern areas but it rained also in bagh and all i'm telling you rain wouldn't stop anybody if it is somebody they want to come out for rain never stopped anybody fasting never stopped anybody during ramzan when people went out at the call of imran khan you could have seen it all jam packed so yeah sorry fasting doesn't stop us rain doesn't stop us okay we are people who move in the rain without umbrellas thank you very much have you ever seen a pakistani have an umbrella we have thunderstorms we have rains we have hail you will never see a single pakistani move with an umbrella okay yeah rain says nothing to us the fact is that maryam nawaz has been bitterly rejected by the people it's just as simple as that okay why because maryam nawaz turned pakistan into a kanjarkhana okay she turned pakistan into chodustan okay people are not happy with the way things are because in the history of pakistan nobody has ever dared to treat women the way now here this this the people who are treating the women so badly today these are these are all people who are actually working under a female they're working under the orders of a female maryam nawaz so how could anybody not loathe her or resent her or begrudge her tell me that a woman that all these men all these pimps are answering to a madam of a brothel and they're kidnapping girls from their homes and then they're detaining them illegally and then they're stripping them naked with the excuse of checking how many times do a day do you want to check those people you know and how many times at night do you want to check those people and why every night and then you know when when these girls and ladies when they lash out at you because you fail to subdue them so when they lash out at you then you're forced to tell them that actually you're just following orders of a woman no less of the bitch of the century maryam nawaz the prostitute the global prostitute seriously as i said maryam nawaz you want to prostitute yourself it's in your family's tradition to prostitute themselves it is in zardari's family's position uh, it is it is in their culture maybe to prostitute themselves again you do you but don't force us to do you okay it's as simple as that so um all these points covered with a lot of um very very important rants this is it for me today and i'm signing out stay safe stay healthy khuda hafiz